Oh, baby, it's episode number 69 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it's my favorite coffee. I drink it every single morning, and it's uh, it's definitely what's been keeping me going. Uh, I found it last year. Uh, somebody recommended it to me via the Audible Farm Facebook page, so shout out to that um i mean that's it's it's been great for everything so uh i really appreciate somebody recommending a coffee company to me and uh it's awesome that i like it so much and i'm pretty sure you'll like it too so what you got to do is go to www.couchtowncoffee.com find a coffee you like there and when you make an order make sure you enter the code word byron's uh, that's right. The code word this week will save you 20% when you make an order. Make an order this week, you save 20%. Let them know Audible Farm sent you there and uh, save some money at Couchtown. Uh, once again, that code word is Byron's and uh, it saves you 20%. So www.couchtowncoffee.com, code word Byron's. Um, why is the code word Byron's? Well, I, I stopped at Byron's, that's why. You, uh, you maybe you've heard me mention Byron's on the podcast before. If you've listened to other episodes, um, Byron's is a little bar that's in, um, Pomeroy, Iowa. And it's, uh, Pomeroy for anybody that knows it is not necessarily, uh, a huge town, but somehow, uh, Byron seems to land some pretty awesome shows, uh, it's one of those things once you go to Byron's you realize why it's kind of a special place and uh I I posted a picture of Byron's on the Instagram page recently I talk about that um but uh you know it's just one of those cool things I wanted to go sit and talk to Byron um one of the first times I ever saw Marvin play was at Byron's and uh it's just a neat little bar and you know I don't I don't want to offend anyone but it's in the middle of nowhere um it's it's just a diamond in the rough and it's it's really kind of crazy that that place exists where it does. So I wanted to sit down and talk with Byron about uh, how the place came about and why it exists. And uh, I feel like I feel like this episode was pretty good. We uh, we sit down, we get to know Byron pretty well. Um, I you can hear me in the podcast multiple times in awe of what's on the walls. Uh, we recorded part of the podcast in one location in the bar and then um, the rest of the podcast in a different location uh, just so, because um, I was there while Byron was working, so we were trying to get it, you know, in between some people being there. So, we, you know, when we found some time, we'd sit down and, and record a little bit here and there. And it's just kind of crazy, you know, as we moved around one one side of the bar to the next, it was it was pretty wild just looking at some of the stuff on the walls it's kind of crazy it's just a, a a neat neat environment there's plenty of great music there they host a jam night that's monthly there's a singer songwriter night that's monthly as well so if you're a songwriter and you uh you got some good tunes that you want to go up there and bust out um go for it you know it might be a great place to check it out uh we discuss all sorts of stuff in this podcast so i hope everybody really likes it uh this is episode number 69 with byron stewart He's the owner of Byron's in Pomeroy, Iowa. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Uh, today, I came over to Byron's. I came over to Byron's again. 
if you uh, follow Audible Farm on Facebook or you or uh, Instagram, you can see the picture. I took a picture of uh, your sign out front, Byron, oh, yeah? and uh, put it up online. I was like, hey, I stopped by Byron's, and it got a lot of traffic. A lot of ah. people, a lot of people know you. Um, that for people that don't know you in the Iowa area, you own a bar in Pomeroy. Yes, and uh, it's it's a very unique place. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? I mean, I could well, talk about it all day and night, but... I bought the bar, actually, uh, went, tomorrow will be the 24th anniversary of me opening. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, happy and anniversary. I, when I bought it, I knew that I wanted to have live music in here. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who played guitar and sang, and so I had him come in here. Okay. And he played, and then I found a band in Des Moines called Brother Trucker. Oh, yeah. And they came in and played, and they played several times. I call them my house band. They've played here so many times. Cool. And then uh, I I went after Todd Snyder and got him. He was my first national act. Cool. Yeah, March 4th, 2001. I think uh, last time we were here, we were talking about it. I think you and me and Clint Riedel were talking yeah. about it, maybe. Um, yeah, that was just fantastic. And I had no idea what to expect, you know, a big act like that, and... I, I sold the show out, and then about 25 people didn't show up, and they hadn't paid their money for the ticket. So I kind of lost my ass on it, but yeah, I also God. learned a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. If you want a ticket, you give me the money first, and then I'll save it for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, but it was still great, and, and uh-huh. to this day, he remembers me. When if I ever see him, he Byron, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, you're a... Uh, just saying your name, people people know who who Byron. You're like the one and only Byron around. Uh, you know, yeah. you've uh, you've come up a few times on the podcast. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, whether whoever I'm talking to, um, just people from around the area. Uh, your bar is in Northern Iowa. For people that don't know it, I've actually been to. Uh, I went to see Marbin here. It was the first time I'd ever been here, and uh, that was wild because Marbin, like you said, is I mean world traveling band. They've they, yeah. go, they go everywhere. They're, they're not from America. I did a podcast with Danny Rabin, actually. And uh, where I met him the first time was at a show before this. But when he came through here, I, I showed up and he recognized me. And I was like, dude, this is going to be a great show. Like, look at this place. I got a, I remember I got a pizza. I was sitting at one of the booths by myself just drinking soda, eating pizza, watching Marvin. It was, that was when I really started taking in, like, man, this place is special. Um, like, what... I, I don't know. It's this place is. I can only describe it as a diamond in a rough. You bring in so many people from, uh, as far as musicians from all over America. Uh, yeah, like, I've been I've been extremely lucky, and uh, I, you know, I, they say I'm really nice to them, and they spread the word for me, and it's just great. So I haven't, I haven't had too many that I didn't like. Do you do all like the like? Uh, I don't want to say like promoting, but you hire all the bands and they all contact you and you do all that kind of booking and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's all you. So is most of it you looking for bands or do they kind of come oh, find no, you? Oh, no, I don't. I hardly ever go after a band. They all call me up and say, we're going to be in the area. Can we play the, such and such a date? Awesome. Has it always been like that? No. Okay. No. Oh. Although Canned Heat called me up and said, we're going to be in the area. Can we play? Mm-hmm. And that was uh, 17 years ago. Okay. <laughs> they played for my 50th birthday. Oh, wow. wow what, a, what a night, you know, what a weekend to have them here. And, and just like, you know, I didn't know that much about Canned Heat other than they had played the first Woodstock. And they were mm-hmm. well known. And 
they came in and almost every song was, oh, wow, that was them. Wow, that was them. I had a overcrowd in here of about 120 people, which was shoulder-to-shoulder people. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the show, everybody was just bouncing to the music. <laughs> they were standing in the booths and everything. It was just, ah, oh, it's just such a special night. And I'd go, wow, what a way to turn 50. That's, that's awesome. And yeah. And for people that don't know, like this is this isn't like a huge bar. This oh, is no, like uh, you... I consider a hundred a complete sellout. Yeah, I mean a uh, hundred would still be pretty tight in here. And uh, speaking of pretty tight in here, uh, I came over here for a jam night. You have jam nights here, is that right? I have a jam night first Thursday of the month, and second Thursday of the month is singer songwriter night, where you come play your own stuff. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Oh man, I, I bet that. Uh, I bet that has the ability to bring in all sorts of people as far as, uh, I mean, there's probably people that come to jam night that also come to singer-songwriter night, and they would, they probably play, like, uh, the same same songs. Because I know people that are like, uh, I don't know, Clint Riedel comes to mind. Like, does he ever come to both of those and play his songs? Or? Yeah, he's been to the songwriter, too. Oh, cool. I don't get much turnout for songwriter. It's, it's a tough one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've. I can say for myself, I don't know about anybody else, I'm not much of a songwriter. I can play songs that somebody else writes. but I'm hey, Every once in a while, I get, I've had a guy here from from Ames came up to play, but oh, the cool. last three months, nobody's even showed up. So. Oh, that's kind of rough. I mean, uh, uh, I put all, you know, I set up for it, and nobody shows up. But I, just singer-songwriter is another one that's tough, though, like I, like I said. I mean, have you ever played music? Uh, yourself? I was in band in high school, but I faked my way through it. I no, I don't play anything. That's why I like listening to somebody else. What, what did you play? They with? put they put all the work into it. Yeah, I played baritone. Baritone, like baritone saxophone. Oh, bar- just baritone, the like a small tuba. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Oh, yeah, okay. I have one over my back door back there. Oh, nice. Oh, there, I see it. That's awesome. Oh, you got a lot of stuff on the walls here, by the way. Um, a lot of great. Yeah, the guy that taught me how to. Bartend says, "Don't clutter your walls." I didn't believe him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a lot of like eclectic things. I see a lot of Grateful Dead things on the wall. Um, I mean, obviously, I I don't want to say this is like a Grateful Dead bar, but uh, there's there's oh, a, it pretty much is it, yeah. Um, and the, at least the Grateful Dead attitude. Yeah, it's uh, peace, love. Yeah, it's uh, everybody here's here to have uh, a good time and enjoy one another's company. There's never. I'm sure there's never really too many altercations uh, up at Byron's. Nope, nope. That's that's probably like the best part about being being out here, especially like singer songwriter nights, uh, uh, jam nights, things like that. You get a lot of people that are really there to support one another. You know, um, they want to hear good things and enjoy things, and and uh, you know, like you said, peace, love, man. Well, like the last two sing, uh, jam nights, there's a young boy Connor Holtorf from you know Carson. Let's see. Let's get it right. Carson Holtorf goes to school at St. Edmunds. 17 years old now. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic guitar player for oh, that age. Yeah. Just I, amazing. <laughs> he gets in there and just jams with the people. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, that um, he was here at jam night, right? Just standing yeah. in the back ripping it up. That's the guy. I mean, that's the. if you've listened to the podcast, there's been this kid that goes to jam nights, and I don't know his name. That's his name. He's. Oh, yeah. I, I've mentioned him before. He just shows up and shreds a bunch. Yeah. He's, he's weirdly good for being young. 
Um, I haven't heard him sing yet, so I don't know if oh, he sings. Dude, he's, he, he's so good. But, yeah, that was and that was one of those reasons I was joking around when people were trying to get me to go up there and play. I'm like, ah, see, he's got it he's got it down pat. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing I'm going to be able to add to that. That's good. That's some good taste and stuff. You know, it's it's pretty wild. Um, what's uh, I, I almost just want to say, like, what's the deal with the Grateful Dead stuff? I mean, uh, you're, you and I are obviously have a pretty big well, okay. age gap, so you probably have a little bit uh, closer attachment uh, to the a time. A quick story of me is I graduated high school in 1971, mm-hmm. went to college at Iowa State University. Mm-hmm. They said, we're going to see the Allman Brothers tonight. And me, who all I've ever heard was top 40 AM radio, said, who the hell are the Allman Brothers? And they said, well, come along. I think you'll like it. <laughs> and, oh, Wow, I think that night changed my life because where have they been hiding shit like that? And then they turned me on to the Grateful Dead, and I just really fell in love with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then we went to a lot of concerts in Mm -hmm. college. It was $8 at the most to go to see a show. Mm -hmm. Great, cheap entertainment. Great entertainment. You want to hear something crazy is... uh... One of the first, like, big shows I went to go travel to go see, I went out to uh, Red Rocks in Colorado to see the Allman Brothers' 40th anniversary tour. Oh, wow. So, obviously, not quite the same lineup but uh, as some of the people have passed. But still, uh, that was, maybe we do have a little bit of a, a kinship coming from that. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy that they, the Allman Brothers and Grateful Dead aren't, like, exactly the same kind of music, but they do both lend themselves to, like, a jammy kind of oh, a- yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. Is that kind of what you lean towards as far as, like, your favorite styles of bands and uh, things like Boy, that? Or? Not really. I just tend to go towards the people that are good at their craft and love what they're doing. And most of the people that come in here, it's, it, it's a career for them because they got to do it. It's mm-hmm. in them that they just have to do it. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, uh, you're, you can notice when somebody is playing music and they're passionate about it. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's it's a, uh, it, it, it you can't hear it. You know, uh, I don't want to say I don't know how to describe. It. You can't outright hear it, but it's like comes out in the music still. You can like feel it when they're playing. Hey, thanks a lot. You can kind of uh, feel it when they're playing. It's one of those things that's uh, it's like a non tangible. You know. Yeah. And uh, how. Like, and every time you hear somebody sing, it should be different. Mm-hmm. I could, I could see that. Because, well, Stuttering Jimmy told me this one time. He says, how can, and I, I'm not going to do the stutter, but he <laughs> says, how can you sing it the same? You're not feeling the same. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Plus, that's one of the things about... Plus, have you ever heard Stuttering Jimmy? Uh, I have not, actually. Oh. So. Wow. you got to go see him. <laughs> Because now, talk about somebody who just pours his soul out in every song. And it's and it's just uplifting to, to come across somebody that's that's gone through so much. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's good to see his success story coming. So. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard of Stutter and Jimmy. I've also, I know he's played, um, I mean, even like in Humboldt at one of the bars there uh, at the Poor House. But... Uh, that was, I mean, like, it stinks because uh, doing the podcast, being in other bands, uh, I'm just kind of like a busy person. I don't, I don't always have time to go to these sure. things to see stuff because sometimes I'm playing, sometimes I'm doing band practice or homework or whatever I'm doing. But uh, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things, the, the deeper I get into this, the more I realize some of these people are familiar faces to a lot of people around the area. Like, uh, um, like you said, just stuttering Jimmy is one of those people that you, you can go to almost any town in the Northern Iowa area. And usually the people in the music scene know, know him, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy like that. Do you get a lot of like regulars, quote unquote, uh, oh, like yeah. acts I coming have, through here? Uh, or? Oh, acts? Yeah, yeah, like just, you know, is it like uh, anybody from around the area-ish that just comes here and kind of plays like a once a month show or anything like well, that? Or? Uh, no. I, I do get some, that I got a Craig Swalwell band from Ames and they're their older group like I am. Mm-hmm. And they've come and play in a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Trucker, I'll have them anytime they want to come up. Dust Radio from Des Moines. Oh, now I'm going to forget everybody. Aaron Short. I mean, that's like the crazy thing, though, is uh, when I see it online, uh, we were talking before the podcast that um, I I don't know a lot of the names that come through here. I didn't know them either. You know, and it's one of those things, though. Uh, you've got such a uh, good fan base here that somebody's always taking some video and throwing it up on Facebook or wherever. And uh, I'll be scrolling through Facebook one of these days, and I'll just be looking at them like, oh, here's that show that was at Byron's. And then it's just like, oh, oh damn, this is good. I should have went to that. You know, and it's one of those things like, how how do I just not go out there and go to shows, especially that, you know, everyone seems to be that good here that plays here. Yeah, I've, I've like I said, I've been really lucky that I, I'm getting top-notch talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you go to YouTube and just type in Byron's in Pumrai, Iowa, you, you can watch a lot of videos. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. I must have somebody here taking a lot of your videos. Yeah, for I have no them. idea who sends them in. That's, co- that's cool. That's, that's really neat. Uh, but now somebody told me uh, that I should live stream it. And I understand the reasoning for it. But my first initial reaction to it is, oh, yeah, give them another fucking reason not to get off their ass and come up to live music. <laughs> yeah, that's the toughest that's, thing ever. But then you can't really say that to people because that might offend them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I but mean. that was my first reaction when they said you should live stream it. And yeah, I totally get it because, I mean, uh, being in a band, et cetera, like I used to do this thing where. Uh, we would play a show, I'd take video, we'd take some audio, we'd mesh it all together, split the songs up, I'd throw them up on the YouTube channel, I want to get it done as fast as possible, maybe even the next day if I can. And then after a while I'm thinking like, why am I putting all this time and energy into giving everyone a free version of, of exactly what they could have seen had they just went to the show? And I, I don't know, I, people don't watch, it's not like, oh, the videos blew up and then nobody went to watch us play anymore, but it was still one of those things where I thought to myself, I'm putting in a lot of work to give people an excuse to not go out of their house and, and watch us play live. So I started doing that a lot less frequently than I, than I did when I first started. But Although giving away their music worked for the Grateful Dead. I mean, to this day, you can tape any, any of their shows. Yeah. And they, ta- they have taped every one of their shows and yeah. are now selling them. But yeah. yeah. I was, so, so it didn't ruin them. But. That was one of those things that uh, a couple of my friends really, really liked the Grateful Dead. And uh, they started just being... Oh, I like this show. I like this version of this song from this. And they started just digging into these, like, oh, this this one from San Francisco in 73 yeah. in August is really good because this version has a 14-minute jam in the middle. And it's like, how do you listen to all of this music and find those versions and know which ones they yeah, are? I don't have I don't have any bootlegs. Yeah. But I, I got to see them nine times. What? No way. Yeah. Uh, and how many of the originals are still there when you saw them? Nine, I guess, I guess nine times. I was going to say all nine. I never... Uh, Pigpen was already dead before I got to see him. Mm-hmm. But I got to see uh, Brent Wantland and, uh, oh, 
the other keyboardist. And I got to see... Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, no. Godchaw. I got to see him, too. I oh. faced, nobody wanted to be called the Grateful Dead keyboardist because they all died. <laughs> it was almost... Uh, maybe... I bet that... Bruce Hornsby was their, their piano player for a while. Uh-huh. That's... That's wild, and that's something that, like, uh, the Grateful Dead is, uh, like, almost one of those, like, cultish bands where they have such a backstory and such a history, such a following. Um, I mean, you can go to, uh, I don't want to say Grateful Dead shows because they're not really, like, doing Grateful Dead shows anymore, but you, for a while you could go to any of the offshoots of the Grateful Dead. Who am I thinking of? There's uh, a couple of them, like, Further... You can go to like a further show, and the, like the whole parking lot is a gigantic party, and it's not even people going to the show. They just know that like this is. It's almost. I don't want to compare it to this. I almost feel bad comparing. It's almost like a Jimmy Buffett concert. It's just like all of a sudden it's like, dude, there's tiki's and just like everything everywhere all over the place, barbecues and stuff, and it's the same concept for Grateful Dead, but uh, except not, there ain't a bunch of drunks. Yeah, it's not Jimmy Buffett time, you know. <laughs> so well, you know, when I first started going to the Grateful Dead shows, it was the politest crowd you have ever been around. Mm-hmm. If you bumped into somebody, you said, excuse me, and they go, oh, no, no, excuse me, excuse me. Everybody was just so kind and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when the drug of choice turned to alcohol, when all these looky-loos were coming in because they heard that the Grateful Dead were so great, and they no longer cared about the music, they were just there to, to say that they'd seen mm-hmm. the Grateful Dead, and, and started... Get the fuck out of my way, you know. And mm-hmm. and the attitude just changed drastically. And then, but if you went to a further show, it was the dead, but nobody knew it was the dead except for the fans. Yep. So it was back to the polite crowd. Yeah, and that was like one of the wild things is I, I didn't uh, go as deep into the Grateful Dead stuff as my friends did, but like having them around, I, I still got a glimpse into like what that was going on. I never ended up going to see further, uh, when they came through a few times, uh, through Iowa, but, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those unfortunate things. I always feel lucky to see as many bands as I have, but at the same time, I also kind of wish I would have seen more. It's, well, I, I always considered the dead to be an experience every time I saw them. Usually you had at least one good story about a show, uh, but it was just everyone was different. Mm-hmm. I actually got to see them two nights in a row in oh, cool. St. Louis, and they didn't repeat a song. Oh, cool. And even cooler was it rained all the way to the outdoor show, mm-hmm. quit for the show, oh, cool. rained on the way home. Oh, nice. Both nights. No it way. It was like, wow, that's putting out some vibes to the universe. Yeah, it's like they knew. They knew, like, we're not going to ruin uh-huh. this. That's, that's crazy. So, uh, like, you not being able, I want to say, like, you, you start out, you're a young kid, you, you, you're Byron, you're, you're turning into the, who you are today. Uh, you, you're right now, you're wearing, like, a multicolored tie-dye shirt. You're just kind of a, a, a guy that I've always seen you smiling. You're just having a good time. <laughs> I came here uh, for a show one time, and you did a raffle giveaways. And I don't I mean, we've talked, I think we've talked about the raffle giveaways maybe in a prior podcast once. But uh, you give away unique gifts. Well, just cheap little things that I wouldn't mind winning. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly. And some and some really good shit. So. Yeah. One time I came, I actually won something. I won a, a bubble wand, and it blew the hugest bubbles ever. Craziest thing, I go home, and uh, when I got home, I had some relatives in town that had little kids. And I was like, check this out. Blew their mind. It was like, it was... Uh, 
it's like it was meant to be, you know. Huh. It was kind of crazy. It's like, check out this bubble. I won this tonight. And they're just like, this is the craziest thing ever. And I don't know. That's yeah, well, uh, an Eric Taylor, I was giving away that one day, and he says, what the hell's that? <laughs> so I always call it, I don't care what it looks like, it's a bubble wand. <laughs> and that's uh, that's exactly, that's a very, pretty good description. Use your imagination. Yeah, I, I don't know, I, I started doing these little drawing drawings mm -hmm. uh, just for something to do at break time, mm -hmm. get people to come in. Yeah. And now it's just kind of a thing to do. Yeah, I mean, how uh, do you have anything else like that? Those little like uh, kitschy kind of things that you do. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of them that I, I don't know of or anything like that. But well, uh, I I give away a uh, back scratchers. Back scratchers. Yeah, oh. I know a woman that's 127 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so but then she comes to all my shows, and and I ended up with uh, 78 actual shows with three canceled this last year so. oh wow that's crazy yeah so that's uh so that's a lot of black scratchers yeah <laughs> you do friday saturday sunday shows well, usually somewhere in there usually. i do sunday shows and then if somebody's coming through that i want to hear again i'll do d other days that's that makes sense and you uh but i gotta learn to say no one of these days <laughs> that's busy though uh, one a week like one a week is a lot like and then yeah. you start stacking other ones in there because you're doing one and a half a week it seems like or something like you know three every two weeks that's that's a lot i mean it's not like you're packing them in here every single hey, night no, just, and it's but it's still a i lot. don't have a huge population around me yeah i mean uh for people that don't know, uh, this is a town of how town many? Town of six hundred. Six hundred, and uh, you're not, you're not far away, but you're like the closest town is Fort Dodge, maybe. Yeah, that's thirty big. miles from Fort Dodge, thirty miles from uh, Sac City. So yeah, you're uh, kind of in the middle of I don't want to say middle of nowhere, but you're. It's, We're it's, at the edge of oblivion, as David Olney said. Ah, there you go. So, uh, but that's kind of one of the things that makes this place uh, as awesome as it is. Is you can drive into a tiny little town where um, this is pretty much the only thing. And I'm not saying this is the only thing in town, but this is kind of the only thing in town. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bar, but it's not just like a, like a hole in the wall bar. It's a place where you can go see, like we said, awesome music. Um, you, you have a Facebook page that now that actually uh, has all of the stuff on it. So people can go find your Facebook page and like it. That's awesome. Um, we yeah, definitely. Here? We're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back, because I'm actually talking to Byron right now, and, and he's working. So um, I just want to say a huge shout-out. Thanks, Byron, for taking some time out to talk to me while uh, you're at work. And I uh, uh, hope I'm not bothering anybody here. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be back in just a sec. Oh, I think I'm ready. All right. We are back. Uh so uh, I don't remember where we left off, but let's uh, let's talk about some fun stuff. Like, what was the what do you think the like the biggest show you've had here as far as like turnout wise um, type deal? Like, what do you think what do you think the biggest show was? Like, have well, you ever had? A canned Heat was the biggest, but after that, I I refused to have that many people in here because that was right right after that that White Snake thing out in new york city where the oh, yeah. fire was oh, yeah was it? and i had one of those suicide door doors in here where if there would have been a fire you you wouldn't get out because oh, you had man. to pull it towards you oh oh yeah okay i get what so you're saying. 
then that's when I cut it down to just a hundred people in here. But mm-hmm. since then, it, there's only been three or four shows that were more than that were a hundred people. So you've you've probably had a I don't know, probably had to say no a few times to some people, like as far as coming in, uh, like fans or like people that want to go to shows. So you you have like a sellout limit. Then, yeah, I, and I announced that it sold out, and if they called for a ticket, no, it sold out. I'll put you on a waiting list, but oh, I don't expect okay. anybody to call me and say they're not coming. Yeah. But there's so few and far between it. I don't really worry too much about it. I don't have many shows that people call for pre-tickets. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just show up and, yeah. and get tickets when they when they show up here. But now, uh, here uh, a year ago, there was a Malcolm Holcomb from North Carolina mm-hmm. played here, and uh, then for the second time, I just I, you fall in love with him if you see him the first time. He, anyway, he comes and Greg Brown and Iris Dement played on his last CD. Mm-hmm. So in the door walks Greg Brown to watch Malcolm Holcomb play at Byron's in oh, Pomeroy, Iowa. <laughs> and I, wow! And uh, so he watched the show, and Malcolm actually got him up on stage, and Greg played two of his own songs. And, you know, that he was on my bucket list to play here, but I just knew he was out of my price range. Mm-hmm. So when he left... He goes, wow, you got a really cool thing going here. I don't play much anymore. I'm pretty much retired, but uh-huh. I'd love to come play here. Oh, that's cool. So I threw him a couple dates, and he picked one. And and then right before the show, he says, I was talking to Greg. I was talking to Bo Ramsey, and he'd like to come along. Is that okay? <laughs> that's cool. Yes. That's sweet. Wow. And I had uh, Andy Fleming and the Sweet Nothings open up the show, and I had Art Cullen. Pulitzer Prize winner Art Cullen read passages out of his book in oh, between cool. set breaks. So oh, that's crazy. What a what a fun show that was. That would have been and wild. that sold out. Hundred tickets, just within two weeks. That sold out. Oh, that's crazy. You know, uh, one of the things I did notice is that uh, usually you have like a flyer for every show, like a different flyer. A poster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you like? Uh, I mean, I've seen them online floating around. You know, like here's. This show's coming up, and it's like, damn, it's like this is a pretty ball and flyer for a oh, little, well, little tiny bar. I tell you, uh, and I can't remember how many years ago it was. It's been a few years now. I had Kevin Gordon come for the first time okay. from Nashville, and this guy calls me up and says, "Can I do the poster for that?" And I hadn't even told the world that Kevin Gordon was coming, so I was quite impressed that he knew it. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. And so he made that poster, and, and then he made a poster here and there for me, and now he does all my posters. And, oh, that's crazy cool. And his name's Mark Gerking from Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, no way. Uh, he also designs the Baumgars catalog. Oh, sweet. So whenever you see the Baumgars catalog, you can go, that's Byron's poster maker. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and he's... It's fantastic work. Everyone is different. They yeah. got a oh, style yeah. to them, but everyone is different. And every once in a while, he just gets one that just screams at you. Just, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, You know, one of the coolest things uh, about here, we were talking about things kind of hanging on the walls and, and things like that. There's, I mean, there's po- I can see posters hanging on the walls, but I can also see a whole bunch of them on the ceiling and the ceiling tiles here. So you got, like, some of your own history uh, just embedded in the walls up here. Yeah, Budweiser used to make me really good big posters like that. But... And then, you know, when you had smoking in a bar, you couldn't put anything on your ceilings or just be dripping. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the stuff on the wall. I did talk about it a little bit earlier. Um, I mean, it's so there's some Grateful Dead stuff on the wall, yes. But like, what would be if you had to choose like one thing in here that's kind of the most uniqueest or weirdest or like why is that on the wall kind of deal? Like, I'll 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 pick mine, and it's uh it's one that I I see every time I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and it makes me smile. I forget about it every time until I see it. It's the sign in the corner that says free air guitars. Please take one. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine gave that to me. Well, he lent it to me. Mm-hmm. He says, I put this out outside my tent when I go to festivals. <laughs> and he said, it always gets the conversation going. So I'm going to let you use it until next festival season, and, mm-hmm. and I want it back. And he passed away, so I, I got to keep it. But it's it's a... a t- I'll tell you what, I, every time I see it, it just makes me smile. So. And then somebody brought me that guitar that has no strings on it. So. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a guitar, but it's you have to play air in order yeah. to play it. So, yeah, it's technically an air guitar. That's, a, that's, that's probably, if I had to pick one thing on the wall that just makes me smile, uh, it'd be that one. Because, like I said, I forget about it every time. Even today when I showed up, uh, I was just like, uh, oh, hey, there's, a, there's that oh, sign. Uh, there's, I have a lot of artwork in here people have done that... That makes me smile every time I see that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I see, uh, like, the Grateful Dead, but it's, uh, um, oh, what's what's the painting? Oh, man. American Gothic. Yes, it's American Gothic, but it's Grateful Dead. And there's also a mustache. Somebody stuck a mustache. Yeah, that's on the outside of the glass. It's, yeah, it's, that's a Relics magazine poster from probably... Oh, the mid-70s or something Jeez. like that? Yeah. No way. That's cool. I, I mean, how did, did, did you collect this stuff for your whole life, and then just when you, got, when you finally got the bar, you just stuck it all up on the walls? Like, the first day you owned this, did, I mean, was it this packed with stuff on the walls? Oh, did, no, Did no, you keep no. aggregating stuff oh, across this the is years? A, uh, this is an evolution. I actually told myself I wasn't going to make it into a Grateful Dead shrine. Mm-hmm. But the very first day I opened, these girls gave me... A T-shirt that was stretched and framed oh, cool. of Jerry Garcia with wild hair, huh. and uh, that just kind of broke the string, and it's just gotten out of hand it's ever a, since. How do you say no to that? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I mean, the Grateful Dead stuff is is like. And then my first case started because I bought a Grateful Dead cookie jar. It looks like a bus. Okay. And I had it behind the bar, and I'd show it to people, and somebody busted off one of the roses off the top. Uh, I go, shit. So I talked to my uncle, and he built me that cabinet. And oh, it, cool. Wow, it's cooler than hell. And it just, whoosh, it was full. And yeah. built me another one, and whoosh, it was full. That's <laughs> and this this is just really the tip of the iceberg. I got much more at home. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, this... It's a kind of a fun place because, I mean, even if you, I mean, I was just talking about, I'm not the biggest Grateful Dead fan. I, I don't not like them. They're just not like one of those bands I sat down and got super into listening to. But it's still one of those bands you respect because they're, they're good. But you don't have to just be like a Grateful Dead fan to come in here and enjoy the things on the wall. Because, I mean, there's lots of stuff on the wall. Um, oh, I love just, going to a bar and, and, and having something to look at. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's like you said with the uh, free air guitar sign. It's a conversation starter. Yeah. I mean, literally, you and I could literally just walk around this bar and just take up hours just pointing at stuff and talking about it if we really wanted to. I uh, There's the depot in Shenandoah, Iowa. Okay. Run by a Bill Hillman. Okay. 
I went down there, and he makes my walls look clean. <laughs> it's, it's like you take my walls and you stick something in between every gap that I have. <laughs> and I, I said to him, I'm going to make a guess that everything on that wall has a story to it. And he goes, yep. <laughs> and I go, well, sometime when I have a couple of days, I'll come back here and you can give me a tour. And he said, well, just a second. I'll give you a quick tour now. And took me around the place. And wow, some, some great stories. And I, I love it. Like everything in here has a story behind it too. Yeah. Whether I remember it or not, it's a whole nother matter. <laughs> Most of them I remember. I remember the story, but not so much who gave it to me some. Oh, that's that's got to be rough though too. But it's it's the thought that counts because I mean, it's it's one of those things where you got some sentimental things on the wall, I'm sure, but you also just got some some goofy things on the wall that probably reminded you of something or somebody gave you. And uh, I mean, I don't I don't frequent bars too much unless I'm playing, just for the simple fact that I don't drink so much um, now uh, in my later adult life uh, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, as of late, I, I haven't drank so much, but it's. But it's still like I go into bars, and this is probably one of my favorite bars because instead of just having like, and I, this isn't like a, a knock on anybody, instead of just having like a Spuds McKenzie light up thing on the wall, which are cool by the way, but instead of just having one of those on the wall, you've got uh, you've got other stuff. Um, I mean, like I said, there's there's like a an, a light up over here for a, a beer company, but still, it's it's not the only thing hanging up on the wall. What do you? Th I was thinking, just thinking about this. What do you think was the uh, like craziest show as far as uh, somebody that came in and you didn't know it was going to be as good as it was, uh, and they were just like, they just blew you away. Like, have you ever had something like that? Um, I know I've gone to shows where you're just like, eh, this is going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And then they start playing, and you're like, oh, this is way better. I knew it was going to be good, but this is way better than oh, I initially well, thought it you was. you know, I've, several. I've had several this last year that after the show, I said, wow, that's one of the best shows I have ever seen. Yeah. I'm sure everybody thinks you're speaking in hyperbole, just being like, this is the greatest. But. Yeah, but uh, no, I've seen a lot of shows, and if they move me that much, it's just... I've had a, I've had a lot of groups. One, one in particular was Dennis Jones out of California, a three-piece blues band. And uh, well, they're black, and they're coming mm -hmm. into northwest Iowa. I'd be frightened, too. But they come in, play the show... Afterwards, they come up to me and they said, oh, God, we had a, just a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. But we, we got to tell you that when we pulled into town, we just thought, oh, my God, doesn't our manager like us anymore? <laughs> but we just had a great time. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it, it, some female singer this last year said, walking into Byron's is like when the Wizard of Oz turns from black and white to color. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I go, wow, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's totally. Um, I mean, it's one of those deals where, and I'm not, I don't want to down on the town. I'm not trying to make anybody that lives here feel bad, but it's like you've got a couple of buildings down the street that are just like empty with some like broken out windows and stuff like that. It's just kind of your typical small Iowa town where it's yeah. just uh, Main Street's dying, kind of whatever, because I mean, every small town in Iowa's having that happen a little bit. But you're you come in here and it's like you said you open the door it's like oh dude I didn't know this was here you know even even just based on uh, it's you almost don't even know that this is going to be here even though there's a giant sign outside that says Byron's um, yeah and it's got Grateful Dead bears on it so a deadhead knows mm -hmm. that that's Grateful Dead bears yeah other than that you wouldn't know no it's pretty plain out front yeah and it's uh, it looks just like a 
like a normal small town. I mean, you got your like elevator and everything into Elsentown. Uh, what like what drew you to this this town? Where like are you from? Here oh originally? yeah, I grew up in this. I grew up on a farm outside of town. Okay, so you do have some tie to the oh, area. Oh yeah. I didn't know if you just like picked a small town and no in no Iowa no. And, and then here. then I went to Iowa State to school and. And then my father had a heart attack, and I had to come back and farm for a year. Mm-hmm. And I've just never moved away. Oh, nice. I mean, well, not nice uh, based on the Well, yeah, I moved into but... my house 35 years ago for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that seems to be the way it goes, though. Like, I mean, but Pum- I, I like Pomeroy. Pomeroy's a nice town. Yeah. People are all friendly. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as the time I've spent here, everybody's always smiling, having a great time. Um, everybody's always been friendly. Uh, like you said, it's just one of those weird things where, like, you bump into somebody and nobody's just like, oh, you dick. Everyone's like, oh, sorry, excuse me. You know, and everyone's super nice. And um, not that other bars are just everyone's mean, but at the same rate, like, you do run into some situations where people are just like, you stepped on my shoe, I'm going to fight you yeah, over it or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. Nobody here is really getting that worked up over anything. And that's probably one of the benefits of this place i feel like it kind of takes on your personality does that make sense well it could i don't know <laughs> you know it's a you seem like a pretty easygoing person and this is a pretty easygoing place you yeah know? yeah um, and i sure hate violence i mean you and i were talking before uh the podcast that you were kind of just looking to open a place that had music you wanted to listen to that kind of was a place that you could enjoy going to yeah you know? that's um, I, I always thought i i want a bar that i would want to go to mm-hmm. as a, um i mean is i guess it's tough i don't know how to just like do you did you always like want to open a bar like your whole entire life was oh it just, no, like, no no i mean like was no. it was it just one of those things like oh, i'm gonna go to college but when i go back no, when, when, I, when i moved back to pomeroy i pretty much every night i was at the bar and the bartender says uh Hey, you're here every night. How would you like to work a couple? <laughs> sure. So I started bartending for him, and then I continued bartending for him. And wow, hell, he—I've been sold with the bar three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, and then uh, the opportunity came that this bar here went up on auction. Okay. So I went after it, and I got it for a very reasonable price, and. Mm-hmm. That was 24 years ago. Wow. So the rest is just kind of history from yeah. that. I mean... Uh, it's an evolution that, I, you know, I never... Nah, I, I don't look much farther ahead than a month or two. <laughs> so I never looked ahead 24 years. Yeah, to think... I mean, young Byron never thought that you'd get to this place in your life here, probably. Oh, you know. no. I mean... Even as far as like going to shows, I bet you never thought you'd have a place where you could host national touring acts. Or... Oh no, no, no way! I do. No. <laughs> I mean, I I can't believe the people that I've been able to meet because of this. Yeah. The only downside is that I don't get to go out to many other shows though. Yeah. I'm I'm working here six days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean. That's... Every once in a while, I, a show comes up that I just have to go to. Yeah. That's. And that's the other thing I think a lot of people don't understand about, like, the business owner aspect of it all is you don't get a whole lot of free time to do anything other than 
other than this, you know, and that's, yeah. but that's like also the benefit is like, well, then I'm just bringing in the music I want to hear <laughs> that, you know, instead of just bringing in whoever wants to show up and just playing a show. Yeah, that's one thing I thought too, was that if I bring in a really good act, I don't have to travel anywhere to go see it. I don't have to get a motel room or anything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Hey, but then, uh, Oh, so many shows I could have got a suite at the Marriott and not lost as much money. Yeah, I know. But I still had a great time. Got to meet these people. That's the best part. And the stories that that these artists can tell, they travel all over the world, you know, and they, mm-hmm. I just I just love listening to the stories. Where, where a song came from, I love listening to that. Because, you know, there's a, a lot of songs, if you just listen to them, they don't really make a whole lot of sense, but... If you get the pre-story, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. You know, it's actually last time I was here it was at jam night. I was discussing that with somebody, and I was I was saying how like a lot of songs, um, <clears throat> like I could write a song, but it would be too like cut and dry. You would understand like everything I'm saying. It's like my love song is like, I loved a girl, she broke up with me, I was sad. You know, it'd be too matter of factly, but like the best songwriters leave enough interpretation open to the listener where it's just like, does this actually mean anything? And if it does, what does it mean? Well, that's my opinion or your opinion or somebody else's and it might be different for every person. But like you said, if you get that pre thought, like where were you at as the writer when, yeah. you, when you wrote this, you know, that might actually give you a completely different aspect well, and, as far as and listening. And it really works for uh, instrumental artists. <laughs> No, oh. <laughs> like you did. You you uh, interviewed Marvin. Yeah, and uh, they give a story of where the song came from, and then they play it. Uh, I always <laughs> afterwards. I always just go, "Oh wow! I never would have picked that up." But oh, I just love those guys. They're just. I'm not all that familiar with jazz, but they sure make it fun. Uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite thing about it. Is like. I'm not sure what else is like it that I would like to listen to, but they've what the whatever they've got is like one of those. You're doing it right. Yeah, you know, it's. I don't know how to even describe it. Like, like you said, it's it's that weird like uh, fusion jazz, but it's got like that like Israeli kind of feel to it. Like, or oh, they were know. definitely one of that exceeded my expectations. So. Yeah, and that that was one of those shows. I didn't realize how many people I knew here at the show. But just not yet, because like two or three years later, I started playing my own music and going, going and getting it deeper into the like the local music scene. It was like I find people. I was like, oh, I was at that Marvin show. A lot of people said that when the Marvin podcast came out with Danny Rabin, and and I was just like, I was at that show. Like I, I know you were at the show. I was at that show. You know, that's crazy. And it blew my mind that he was going to be here. Because I mean, you'll see him. He's he's playing at like bigger cities and bigger bars. He's playing. Or like a, a whole town festival, they're playing like at a park, or like while something's going on in a town. You know, they're like, they're usually playing. I don't want to say big venues, but they're usually trying to fill up somewhere big. And uh, oh yeah, I love looking at some of their schedules and there's little Pomeroy, Iowa, right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, of just it. love it, just love it. Um, one of the things I always I always thought about as far as um, like trying to find you online and see what was going on was you originally had like a Facebook group for everybody to kind of jump into to like figure out what shows were going on here. That's where a lot of the posts were. Do you, is that, do you do a lot of the Facebook posting yourself or does somebody well, that's else a, take That's it? the tough part. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I'd love so to. So I just recently started another Byron's in Pomeroy, Iowa, but I really don't know what I'm doing. I got to, I got to get a kindergartner to come up and teach me how to do it. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll sit down with you and, and we can talk about that some other time. Cause I feel like, if we could organize it all in one spot, it'd be like the greatest thing ever. Oh, you know, it, yeah. 
Uh, I used to do a, a newsletter, too, to about uh, no way. 300 people or so, but I quit doing that, too. Oh, God. That, they that were gonna, would take I'm, some time. They were going to make me king of the procrastinators, but I sent my application in too late. <laughs> yeah, newsletter is actually a pretty damn good idea. Well, that was that was before Facebook. I didn't have any other way to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so I'd send out one a month showing what I had coming in the month ahead. God. I, I don't know why I never thought, like, physical mail, especially, like, you know, even nowadays, that might even work better than Facebook, because nowadays... Oh, this, this was just emails. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, if it was physical, like, dang, you'd oh, be putting geez, in a lot oh, of goddamn work, too. Goddamn lot of stamps, too. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. Oh, man. But that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing, though, is like, uh, I bet it takes a lot of creativity to try to get people to come out here up until you gained that momentum of being... Oh, it's still hard to get people to come out. Yeah. Um, the, the jam night the other night, though, I mean, I think about that. Like, you said it's not always that packed, but it was it was packed in here. Like, if you Yeah, it bring... was, that was a good night. That young guitar player was his birthday, and a oh, lot yeah. of that was his family, too. So. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's saying happy. But, uh, you know, you got to experience Byron's before you know what it's like, and, and maybe they'll come back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... God, that was the only reason I ended up coming back because I knew this place was cool. And it was one of those things like, I mean, you can go just go to some random bar to see a random band and just never go back. But this place, it's just far enough away where it's kind of inconvenient to drive here for me. But I still, I've still come back here for a few times. I mean, the last time I was here, Clint Riedel was just like, hey, I'm playing at Byron's. And for some reason, I thought, I thought he was, said Barnum. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that show. And he's just like, oh, cool. You know, like, uh, you know, like, did you know where it's at? And I was like, oh, Byron's. Oh, yeah, I know where that's at. That's ah, I was like, it's only like 20 more minutes. Whatever, I'll just go. And so, I was, you know, it's, and you end up going. And I got to see so many people I actually knew. And uh, you and I got to run into each other, like, officially actually meet instead of just being uh, Facebook buddies or whatever, whatever they call it. But what do you think, uh, like, one of the best um, – like relationships you've built as far as doing this uh owning a bar playing music kind of thing because you've kind of like you said earlier done all of your booking and everything kind of solo have you ever gotten like outside help from anybody or has anybody kind of vouched for you or like uh like i got a few booking agents that will send me stuff they'll they'll go like uh i got so-and-so coming i think you'd like him no way that's cool so, so you are, you're not even like just well known by the people locally, but you also have some people that book shows oh, uh, yeah. around the area ish that know, that know of this place. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I get a lot of people from East Nashville. That's wild. I had a friend wear a Byron shirt down to the American Music Awards this year in Nashville. What? And he said five people came up to him and said, I've played there. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. Um, you know, and that's just one of those things. How do you think? How do you think this travels like that? I mean, I, obviously, the the easy answer is like because it's awesome. I mean, that's like the easy answer because your place um, it, it cultivated its own cult of personality of sorts. You know, it's this this it's, it's growing this thing of its own that is uh, in people's minds. They like like you said, you can go down to Nashville with a Byron's T-shirt and people can know what it is. Yeah, that's mind blowing. That uh, that's a thing. I mean, even like. Well, I was talking about with minimal Facebook exposure and stuff like that. So, so there has to be some. I bet 
it has to be some like musicians that come through this place that know it's special and and leave and then tell the tale of. Violence. Oh yeah, like, a lot that, of that, and and that started early on. That I I have bands and they just go, damn, we had fun. We're gonna tell people about this place and yeah. and it's really spread the word pretty good. That's that's pretty crazy. What I had I had a band in here from Chicago called Family Groove Company, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, played their show and in the third set they go uh byron we got nothing to do tomorrow night either can we come back and play for tips and beers mm-hmm. and i go sure and we're working on a new song can do you care if we practice in the afternoon and i go well, i got the time <laughs> so this all happened and the next time i saw them uh, they told this story to the audience and they said and here's the song that we practiced that afternoon. We named it Byron's Got the Time. <laughs> and it's a strictly instrumental song, and it's just fantastic. And it gets re- gets requested at festivals all over the place. Oh, that's crazy. And I was talking about Relics Magazine earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they have a sampler CD in their in their magazine, uh-huh. and there was Family Groove Company, Byron's Got the Time. Dude. And I'm going, I'm in a national magazine, but nobody knows who the fuck Byron is. <laughs> well... I mean, we've we've kind of disproven that though. Well, like, yeah, you know, but like, I. But yeah, I mean, maybe no, a few. They, they might not specifically. But that, what know a that cool actually, thing to have a song written about you, was, even though there's no mention of me. But it's uh, Family Groove Company. Byron's yeah. got the time. Look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, I I think think somewhere on my website it's got it, where you can takes oh, you to YouTube to. Oh, cool! You've got a Byron's website for this place uh, for yes, the bar then. Uh, Byron's dash bar. Dot com. Okay, sweet. I mean, I don't know. I must have left my phone outside. I hope I didn't leave it at work. But anyways, I must must have left it outside. So otherwise, otherwise I'd be Googling it up and checking it out right now. But I'm going to remember that because uh, it'll be in the description section down below for anybody that uh, is too lazy to punch it in themselves. Just scroll down and click the link. I had, it was just Byron's Bar. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot to pay my fee and time and they, somebody grabbed it yep. and wanted, what, 350 bucks to have it back so i just put the dash in there <laughs> yeah so that's I mean, all it took dude that's and that's the way it goes i i recently started uh you know audiblefarm.com but it was one of those things where they they give you like an imaginary valuation of what this is worth and that's usually like if you don't pay to renew owning the thing somebody will just nab it up like instantly uh-huh. and be like it's valued at this many give me that many dollars and it's like i don't it's not worth that much. I'll just spend ten dollars on something else. You know, <laughs> that's it makes sense, but it's it's kind of an inconvenience. But uh, uh, do you put like all your shows and stuff like that on the website? Um, as far as like yeah, I have a Google up- Calendar on there that you can see clear uh, as far out as I book. Oh, cool! That's awesome. So that'll that's actually I, pretty awesome. Usually keep it up to date. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I do the same thing with websites. I was known when I used to make more websites when I was younger as letting them get out of date. And well, it's, it's more for my sake because I had two or three double bookings last year because I just forgot I had somebody booked. Oh, and no. then just totally lucky that I found out before it happened that I had two bands booked. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that'd be rough. Have you ever had a, a double booking uh, where both bands showed up? Nope. No, nope. I found out about them beforehand. Woo, lucky duck. Otherwise, I've had one band that didn't show up. Oh, rough stuff. Maybe but didn't. I kind of found out about that a couple of days before it too, because they didn't show up at a oh at a, a prior place. gig. Okay. Well, I mean, 
That's another thing. I'm sure, like, the traveling band thing is not an easy task by any means. It probably, uh, like you're talking about, these traveling bands probably have a lot of stories because it's just, like, two, three, four people all sitting together in a vehicle, like, usually one vehicle, just going for... Oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> got to get along. Yep, and that's... This guy I got coming tomorrow night is traveling all over hell the next month. He's, tra- he's traveling into... Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska. Hitting all the states with the eyes. Is that all of them? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not what this is. This isn't a quiz show. Um, so everybody, if you want to, you can go to byrons-bar.com. Check out the calendar on there. There will be all sorts of stuff as far as what you want to watch um, coming up to Byron's. It's it's a great place. How much are shows usually? Like 10, 15, uh, Usually 20? $10. But 10, that's not bad. Uh, 15 for every once in a while. And I can see that. I, I had, when I got Greg Brown, I told him, I know I can't afford your normal fee, mm-hmm. but I also know I can sell out whatever ticket I price I put on it. What should I put on it? And he said, well, don't make it too expensive or we'll just have the rich snots there. <laughs> so I said, how about $20? And he said, sounds great. So that's what the cool. ticket for that was. Nice. Nice. I think I'm not sure if I had a $20 ticket for Commander Cody. He cost a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, what a cool show that was. Oh, God, that's awesome. That's, uh, I, I'm like. One of my all-time favorite shows here was the most fun I've ever had losing so much money. <laughs> was I had a band from Nashville called Daddy here. It was Will Kimbrough, Tommy Womack, uh David Jakes, who plays bass for John Prine. Uh, oh, a drummer. I can't think of the drummer's name, but he's a great drummer, too. And it was uh, just two. They played her two nights, and I smiled so hard those two nights that my cheeks hurt. <laughs> but I just didn't get a crowd here, and it cost me quite a bit of money to get them up here for two nights. Oh, that's that's rough. But it, it was worth it, worth the every penny. Do you... Uh... I mean, that's probably got to be one of your biggest fears as far as booking shows is... Uh, um, How much money I'm going to lose that? Well, <laughs> I don't mean it like that. No, I mean, like, we talked about it probably ad nauseum, but, like, small town bar, it's uh, a little ways away from the next biggest town over, which, I mean... And then the big thing is, like you said, nobody's ever heard of these people, and, and I've never heard of most of them, but... Like, I had a, uh, I had a guy, Bruce Katz, call me. Mm-hmm. And said, I heard about your bar, and I would love to come play there. And I, I, I go, Who, who's Bruce Katz? So I Googled him. And here he plays the keyboards for the Greg Allman Band, has oh, cool. played with the Allman Brothers, plays with Delbert McClinton, plays with John Hammond, and he heard about my little bar and wanted to play here. Yeah. And uh, I had just tried to get a jam band, and I can't remember their names. So I sent them an offer of $500, rooms, food, beer. Mm. And they said, I'm sorry, offers usually start at $5,000. So I go, well, sorry for your time. And then Bruce Katz contacts me. I copied and pasted that same offer and sent it to him. And he said, sounds great. And, and wow, what what a keyboard artist that is. Now he's been here about five times. He called Byron's the hypnosis center of the universe. The, so, the what? The hypnosis center of the universe. Hypnosis. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he lives out in, uh, 
in Woodstock, New York, right next to uh, where Levon Helm lives. So. Okay. So, so he, he, he knows his shit. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about hipness. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Uh, what's what do you got coming up as far as uh, shows? I don't know. Let's see here. This will come out. I guess you have a show coming up tomorrow, but this will come out Thursday, unfortunately. So so yesterday, in in radio talk, yesterday you have okay. A show. Well, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. No, let's start with uh, Friday, January seventeenth. Yep. I have Freak Bass coming back. Okay. Unbelievable guy! What a show he puts on. You will leave so funked up. <laughs> uh, and then on that Sunday, I have a Rachel Kilgore, mm-hmm. a female singer from Minneapolis. Great. Yeah. Uh, then on the end of the month, I have the Soul Searchers from Des Moines, Iowa. Fantastic. Smooth blues. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Then in February. I remember seeing that. Like, uh, your shows are, it's not like you just have jam band, jam band, jam band, jam. I mean, you got blues. You got uh, singer-songwriter style stuff. You got... I mean, you've, I've seen people in here with upright basses. Yeah. You've got, you got uh, big drum kits, small drum kits, electric drum kits, you name it. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a crazy cool thing that you got. Then my birthday weekend's coming up again. Oh, sweet. And I got uh, on the 7th, Friday the 7th of February, I have Kevin Gordon Trio coming. Cool. Out of East Nashville. Nashville. And then on the 9th, I got the Paul Nelson Band, one of my... One of my favorite guys that has ever that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 14 years with Johnny Winters. Oh, cool! Has played all over the world and just loves playing in this little bar. <laughs> I, and he and it shows <laughs> in the show he puts on. I just think that's I I love it so much. Like every time you say that, it just makes me smile. I'm like God dang, isn't that just crazy? I just I just shakes I just shake my head. I'm like, isn't that crazy? You know, it is. Like, I just, mean, like it just it doesn't seem like something that would make sense in your mind. Like what do you? Why? Like, why are you coming here? Like, I get it. I mean, I get it. But it's still like, unless you well, come here and see it yourself, you just don't understand, you know? Well, especially like I, I have a Scott Holt that's played here several times. He played with Buddy Guy for 10 years. Okay. And he comes in here and plays the first time. Halfway through the show, he goes, wow, I've played all over the world, and this is already one of my favorite places to play. <laughs> and it just blew me away that somebody that's played that many spots would just instantly say that about this place mm-hmm. so i asked him what what makes me different and he said you're nice <laughs> so most places we go to we're the hired help get the hell out of our way you're not getting them to drink enough where you're nice to us uh and you're in it for the music which that's what we're in it for and and it and it's, it, it's great when the musician is having fun, mm-hmm. the audience is having fun, and they feed off of each other, mm-hmm. and that's when special shows happen. Yeah. I mean, I will have to say, like, it's pretty much exactly what you just said. When I was talking earlier about how, like, this is a pretty laid-back bar compared to most bars, uh, like, nobody's yelling here. And you hear a lot of yelling at a lot of bars. Uh, I've played music, and nobody's ever treated me really, like, that bad as, like, yelling at the musician. But you do get that kind of vibe as, like... You need to bring more people in here. You need more people need to be drinking, and you, it, nobody's ever saying it, but you definitely kind of you kind of feel like the pressure of it all. You know, well, it's it's tough. It's uh, maybe it's just me internally walking around thinking that, but I don't know. I don't know. I started off right away with uh, teaching the audience that you have to become engaged with that music. You have to listen to it. You have to listen to the lyrics and everything in order. to to really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the artist appreciates you listening to them too. So it's a it's a win-win situation. And if you're behind me having a conversation, my mind is going to you listening to you instead of the artist. So if I turn around and tell you to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. I'm doing it in love. <laughs> I now, d- I'm usually a little more tactful for than that. But. I, I get it, though. Like, I'm, I don't want to say I'm easily distracted, but once I get distracted, it's hard for me to get back on focus to whatever I was enjoying. Because the whole time I'm just like, oh, man, I'm just so... Just you know, it's it's like having that one bad thing happen to you in the day, and you can have ten other good things happening. And you're just like, all you can think about is that one bad thing uh-huh. until you confront that issue and get it over with. It's you're just like, ah, I gotta 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 get it done for. Now, but, there's some shows that you, that are a singer songwriter. Uh, Dave Moore comes to mind from Iowa City, and. Th- you're going to think he's terrible if you do not sit and listen to him. And if you do, you're going to think, wow. So uh, him, I'll go up before the before he starts playing and tell the people that you have to be quiet for this. If you want to carry on a conversation, go outside. And when you're done, come back in because I don't want to listen to that. Nobody in here wants to listen to that. We came to listen to this. Yeah, and that's and, and then then I also found out before you give that speech, you have to get everybody in here's attention no. because the talkers ain't listening to you tell that oh. that either. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Fair point. So you got to get everybody's attention and then tell that story. That's that's very fair. I I totally understand that though too because like. Um, your bar doesn't have like uh, this ridiculously huge sound system with giant stacks of speakers and woofers and, and you know thousands of watts of you know town shaking power. You bring a lot of bands in here that rely on dynamics. And, and I'm really lucky that this place sounds really good. Oh yeah, it's oh, got yeah. good great acoustics in here. Yeah, I mean. I, that's just one of the things though. If you're relying on if you got bands that come in here and they're playing quiet to to loudish or like you got one guy on an acoustic guitar like you've got to be able to hear him when he's what he's doing quietly Uh because not everything is not everything is turned up to 10 that he's doing you know where like if you're going to watch a metal band usually everything's at 10 all the time everything is just as loud as it's gonna as it's gonna be it might not be blowing your eardrums off but it's like everything's gonna be exactly this loud so as long as you can hear it you can hear it but like somebody might be you know it's this it's this like you were talking about with the voice having a voice where you can like get such a different range on it you can go quietly or 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 louder with it or whatever you know so that's one of those things uh, as far as me being a musician and uh, also being easily distracted as a viewer uh, I, I totally agree with the fact where like if you want to watch something that really means a lot to you you've got to pay attention to it otherwise you're not your whole heart's not in it and then you're just going to distract somebody else from having a good time plus like uh if you just take your average bar dynamic you could just have like one person that's just like walking around yelling while everybody else is quiet and then everyone's going to look at this guy one person just walking around yelling (laughs) you know it's it is a big distraction so i totally get it um what's like the funnest time you've ever had in here or like have you ever had something where you gave away um, I don't care what you think. Uh, it's a bubble wand. Have you ever given anything away where somebody just like was just like, "This is the craziest thing ever," you know? Like, oh, oh, a lot of things. Because you're talking, you're talking back scratchers. Someone's out there's got a collection of Byron back scratchers. Well, I gave away toilet plungers for a while. <laughs> I, I found them at Menards for like two bucks. 
<laughs> and I, I bought 25 of them. You never know. And I walked, I took them up to the, to the counter to check out. And she goes, let me guess, motel. And I go, nope, door prizes. Door prizes. And then I, I can't remember who the first artist was where they were, the, whoever won it went over and asked him to sign my door, my toilet plunger. That was pretty cool. That's hilarious. Do you have a, like a toilet plunger with a bunch of autographs on it around your somewhere? Not, no. <laughs> No. Oh, God. They were always unused when I gave them away. Oh, of course. I mean, that's just one of those things. Uh, You heard it here first. You might show up to Byron's and find something you never knew you needed, and you might win it as a door prize. You never know. And that was probably my favorite thing because I'm sure there's plenty of things that I saw while being here that were door prizes that I I forgot about. I know we've even mentioned other ones in previous podcasts. So if you want to hear any more about those, maybe go back. A better idea might be showing up and winning a door prize for yourself because... Oh, and uh, then th- it's fun. Then uh, Roger Feldhans has donated a lot of prizes for me. Okay. Uh, he used to be a tie-dye artist, and so he donated a lot of tie-dyes to give away. Cool. Uh, now he's a photographer. Now he does photography, and he gives away photographs. Oh, cool. Yeah, framed and everything. They're pretty cool. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. So you got all sorts of cool stuff going on here. Uh, we were talking about who's going to be here. I'm sure there's plenty more on the on the calendar there that people can find online if they want to check yep, it out. Yep. Uh, anything else, anywhere else, people, you want to send them? Uh, you want to give anybody shout-outs, give high-fives verbally to anybody? Oh, well, of course, I never. I can't think of anybody right now. Nobody ever I, does, but I always spring it on everybody at the last second. <laughs> you know? So I never give anybody any time to plan well, for the shout-outs. Well, I would like to thank my college friends my first college friends they got me turned on to live music yeah that i think they actually totally changed my life i don't know if for the better or not but they did change my life and i always want to thank them for that yeah and uh i want to thank all the artists that have ever played here and enjoyed it and it's what i've come up with that i am living a dream i didn't know i had Ah, that's very beautiful. That is totally it. I am having such a good time now. Uh, My week can be totally shit, but if I'm looking forward to a show on Sunday, that's going to be fantastic. It's just such such a thing to look forward to and then to experience and then, okay, we can start all over and do it again. Yep, start over fresh after the Uh show's over. That's that's so nice. You always have something to look forward to and... God, that's, that's a great way to look at it. I never really would have thought of it like that. You know, and that's, I think that's one of the things that makes you, you. And yeah, that's, and that's, I guess so. I hope. Uh, you know, it's always easier for somebody else to see it person than, uh, than, than, just, than to see it yourself. Yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. I mean, I've done, I've done these podcasts and I still, I, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I've got hours and hours and hours of myself blabbering with other people and and i still just feel like i don't i get exactly what you're saying it's hard to identify yourself as your own characteristics and see things like that unless you're looking at yourself when you were young you know be like oh i was dumb when i was young or whatever you know but yeah i mean that's uh that's one of the things i just that was one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you i've never sat down and talked to a like i think you're the first person on the podcast that's a non-musician non-entertainer like you i mean and the whole reason uh, is that when I come here, I'm entertained. It doesn't matter who's on stage, I'm entertained. You know, it's a, it's a fun place to be. Uh, I, 
this podcast usually is mostly just for like musicians and and comedians and things like that but i i wanted to get in here and let you be able to at least tell a little bit of your story uh, uh, oh well that's i always like talking about byron's though you know Peter, it, it, byron's is different than me yeah. i mean in the fact that i'm i'm not this cool <laughs> uh, and that's i've created something pretty cool but i'm not that cool Oh, well, you know, that's that might be what you think. Maybe not everybody else. Everybody else might think you're pretty damn cool. At least uh, Tommy Womack, I just I love the, that guy. He he just comes up with such great lines. He's got one I have a shaky sense of self-esteem. Yeah. And I just I love that. Yeah, that's nice. Man, and that's the other thing is I like I uh, you and I have other than this podcast probably only talked for like the grand total of about a half an hour before this like face to face and that's probably one of my favorite things about you is you've got this waxing philosophical uh, one liner your just brains is just full of them you know and you just have the ability to, uh, I mean I've probably heard 10 of them from you that are just like that and how you remember them I don't know but uh oh I, I don't know either I just I uh I feel you man I'm on I I got my brain is full of useful useless information yeah, that's the best way to be, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. Oh, uh, and same with the podcast. Same with this interview, man. I just uh, I want to say thanks like a million for sitting down and just, just talking with me about about this awesome place, uh, uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere, quote, unquote. It's 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 beautiful, man. <laughs> you can find all... Well, yeah, it, it's an experience. You, you, It's hard to explain, Byron's. You just have to come and experience it. And especially during one of the shows. Yes. And you experience that, it's just... I mean... That's cool. Yeah, and like you said, you have to... Like, I could walk around here and take pictures and, and f- photograph this place. I could walk around here with a video camera and videotape all the... It doesn't do it justice. You got to come in here and see it. It's It's... And not too many bars will tell you that when you go to the bathroom, make sure you put the toilet seat all the way down because I have the coolest toilet seats in the world. But they're usually up and you don't get a seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, isn't that intriguing? I'll have, there you, <laughs> I come. love telling that to a band when they come, though. You better come and check it out for yourselves, everybody. Uh, as I've been sitting here talking with Bry- Byron today, uh, Byron Stewart. That's been a great time uh, sitting down, getting to know you. I hope everybody else has uh, had just as fun time sitting down, getting to know you as well. Uh, maybe we can sit down again and do this, do this another time, and, sure. and just keep peeling that onion. You know. <laughs> Thanks, Byron. Uh, we'll check you next time. Peace. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Byron's a great guy. That's all I gotta say. It's a it's a fun time out at Byron's. Make sure you stop out sometime. Uh, have a brewski, have a pizza, enjoy some shows. It's a great time. Um, I I don't make it out there enough. And I, I tell you what, I said it in the podcast, and I'll say it again. If sometimes I miss shows, and then I will see somebody had posted a video online, I'm like, God dang, that show looked awesome. I wished I would have known. So uh, if that's uh, not fear of missing out, I don't know what is. So make sure you go to Byron sometime. Check it out. He's got a, a crazy cool bar there. Uh, bring your buddies. Uh, it, there's a lot of Grateful Dead stuff. If you're into the Grateful Dead, it is an absolute must. You have to stop at this place. It's a fun bar. Uh, check it out. Byron's a fun guy. All sorts of good music stopping through. Uh, like I said earlier, great podcast. I want to say a huge shout out to Byron and uh, thank him for taking some time out of his working hours to sit down and talk with me. Uh, 
about his bar and him and how awesome he is and how fun everything's going on. So I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Byron. Um, be sure you guys uh, scroll down and check out the links. I got a link to Byron's uh, website there as well as the current Facebook page. And I've even got a link to... Uh, he mentioned it in the podcast. If you go to YouTube and search Byron's Pomeroy, Iowa, you'll find videos. He wasn't kidding. The place, I mean, uh, there's there's a pile of them there. So um, I put a link to that down as well. Um, so check that out. There's plenty of stuff at Byron's in Pomeroy, Iowa. Uh, pretty awesome stuff. All right, so check that out. Make sure you go to Byron's website. Check out the shows coming up. Head out to a show. They're cheap. It's uh, it's like usually, he said, it's usually only 10 bucks for most shows. So it's uh, totally worth it if you're in the area. Uh, it's a short drive from uh, any of the bigger cities around. Uh, you know, I live in the near the Humboldt and Fort Dodge area. So it's not terribly far, but it's a... Uh, it's a small jaunt, but that's kind of what makes it fun. Uh, make sure you go to www.audiblefarm.com. Check out everything at Audible Farm. We've got uh, links to listen to the podcast as well as uh, you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, uh, do all the good stuff. I thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast each and every week. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I sit down and sometimes I look at the stats and see how we're doing on, on listens in the podcast and it's blowing up. So I, I just want to say thanks guys. I'm glad people are listening and enjoying what I've got going on. Um, you know, it's, it's just me sitting down talking with people, getting to know them. And I'm really happy that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Uh, this week's episode was pretty awesome. I, you know, I, it's the first time I talked to somebody that's, I mean, Byron's not directly a musician, nor is he like an entertainer per se, but you know, he's got a bar and uh, the entertainment value that he brings um, with that having, you know, live music and all sorts of stuff there. It's just tons of fun. So I really appreciate Byron. I just wanted to give him an opportunity to kind of tell his story. Uh, head on out to Byron's, everybody. I really appreciate it. I want to say thanks once again to Couchtown Coffee. I want to say thanks to our partners. Head to audiblefarm.com. Scroll to the bottom and check out our partners links. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff in the Iowa area as far as arts and music is, is concerned. Uh, that seems to be about it. I'm kind of getting this one in under the wire, so I will check you guys next time. Peace.